everyone. Good morning. We are so glad to have you guys here that we can actually meet and gather corporately together for our third annual Engage Days. We are so excited to have you guys um, and have this opportunity to um, gather together in light of the uh, pandemic um, and that we're facing across America and the globe. Uh, we're also thankful for the, the opportunity to gather, to worship together this evening and be instructed and trained in the Lord. Um, Engage Days is our, is our annual spiritual emphasis days. Uh, the purpose of the next three days is really for you to be trained and instructed by the Lord um, through his servant, um, our speaker this, this week. It's a time of renewal. It's a time of refreshment. It's a uh, time and, and guidance pertaining to the things concerning Christ. Uh, this is integral to our commitment as a college um, that seeks to provide a Christ-centered education for character. Uh, not only that, but it's integral to the core of who we are, inter integral to the core four, heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's our desire for you to hone in on your heart. It's our desire for you to hone in on your soul uh, these next couple of days to seek devotion, to be self-aware, to be virtuous people after the pursuit of Christ. Uh, before I introduce our speaker, I would like to invite Mr. Barsons, our Director of Campus Life, up to share more about how the live stream will work, the seating charts work, and how the evening sessions will work. Mr. Barsons, please. Welcome. So good to gather together um, here. And um, yeah, we've got uh, five sessions, three in the morning, um, and those are all required for all students. Um, and all of you, uh, unfortunately, except for off-campus people, um, all of you will be able to come to two morning sessions in person. Um, and I've sent out a lot of communication uh, via email, so just make sure you're um, keeping up with that, reading, the, reading those emails. Um, those will um, help you know where to go, uh, when to be where. Um, if we can keep from um, loitering or, or gathering in the lobby um, as you guys come in, if you guys could just come in and, and find your seat. Um, you may not always be sitting in the same pew, so just know that. Um, the charts should help you, and then we've also got sheets on the pews. Um, the evening sessions, there was a link sent out um, in a couple of emails to sign up for the evening sessions. The evening sessions are highly encouraged. Uh, we would encourage you to go to those, um, and you need to sign up for them because we're not going to be live streaming those, and so as many people will fit in here, which is about 160, um, that's the cap um, that we're uh, giving to the evening sessions. So make sure you sign up for those uh, if you would like to, to attend. Um, yeah, I think that's it. There'll be more information coming um, for Wednesday's service day. Thank you. One other thing to bring to your attention this morning, uh, before you leave today, uh, we'd be, be sure to collect a verse memorization sheet. Um, this year's theme is anchored from Hebrews 6.19. Christ is our sure and steady anchor in the midst of all that is going on around us. So the question is, do you believe this? If not, it's our hope that you find rest for your soul in the gospel this week and the truths of who Christ is and who you are. Scripture memorization is just one tool that we use to recall scripture when you're facing difficult trials in life. And if you memorize the short passage by October 2nd and recite it to a faculty or staff member word for word in the translation that you prefer to use, um, you will also be 
uh, provided with our themed logo shirt this year, anchored um, in your choice of color. So do not miss out on that opportunity. Uh, this year, we are beyond elated to have Central alumnus with us to speak at Engage. Luke Hollins was a uh, basketball player when he was here. He graduated from Central Christian College of Kansas in 2008 with a bachelor's degree in psychology. Uh, shortly thereafter, Lou pursued his master's degree in adolescent development and another master's degree in practical theology. And he is currently finishing his doctor of ministry degree. Not only that, um, he is a recent author of Home Again, Practical Principles for Reclaiming Yourself After Years of Fighting Against Yourself. Lou was recently married and is expecting twins soonish, right? Yeah, twins. His love for ministry, art, and culture, which inspires him to develop various events and speaks at these things. Without further ado, please give a warm central welcome to Lou Collins, our speaker for Engage. Good morning, everyone. Good. Can y'all hear me? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Oh, okay, it's going to be like that. Okay. All right, so here, here's, here's let's, let's do this. I love being that central, and um, one correction. I was the basketball player here at Central when I was here. Yeah, you know, I'm a little, no, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, uh, I love my time here at Central. It, it's done a lot for me. I'm originally from South Central L.A., uh, born and raised. Uh, there and um, yeah, I think today is is unique. I, I appreciate John and um, Elijah for for inviting me. I, I love to speak to the student body. I love to talk to young people. It's just what I do. Um, and I, if you would just indulge me today, I want to you, y'all get y'all, y'all gonna get plenty of Bible by the time I leave here. But today I want to be extremely practical because I understand that everybody who comes to Central. Me coming four years ago, coming from, quote unquote, the hood, I know my, my faith wasn't found. Uh, I, I didn't have a strong faith when I got here. Yeah, I, 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 grew up, I grew up close to Inglewood, you know, where the grass is greener and the blood is meaner. Yeah, I grew up um, um, where my cousins, I had cousins and friends who were Crips, and, and my friends were blood, so I, I had this dichotomy of, of who, 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 who I was to stick with. Because I, I, where, I, where I lived, I lived right in the middle, in the heart, of what, what a lot of the gang bias and things were, what, what was taking place, all right? So, so indulge me today while I just kind of take you on this faith journey, all right? But before I get started, I realized that your theme this year is anchored. It's anchored, right? So if you, I'm a huge sports fan, huge sports fan. I watch literally everything, all right? Uh, I'm an Arsenal fan when it comes to soccer. I, I, I love um, uh, football, I'm a Niners fan. Uh, Dodgers is is my favorite baseball team. Uh, The L.A. Sparks is my favorite WNBA team. And listen, I'm I'm a little sick this morning because I'm in grief recovery for two things. I'm still trying to get over the loss of that debacle of the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year. But at the same time, if if you sit with me long enough, you will realize my favorite NBA team are the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, I heard something saying, yeah. And you may not be sports fans in here, but, but, but the Los Angeles Clippers are the most frustrating team to root for right now. To root for right now, yeah. Uh, just to kind of give you some context, we're in a, a seven-game series, playoff series, with the Denver Nuggets. All right, no, don't clap. Who was that? Stop. All right? And in two closeout games, closeout games means games to go to on to meet 
in the Western Conference Finals to, to close out, to go to the next level. We've had two chances, two chances to eliminate the different Nuggets. Both games, Lord help me, I'm trying to recover. We were up by like 20 points. Both games. Game five to eliminate them, and then last night in game six, we was up 20 points, about 20 points. Both games, we squandered that lead. And the different Nuggets came back one. Now we're in a seven-game elimination match with them, which means whoever wins goes on to face the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Why do I tell you that? Why is that, why, why, why is that important, Lou? That's important because I cannot remember when I became a Clippers fan. As long as I can remember, I've always been a Clippers fan. I can't, I can't even tell you what age it was. I can't even tell you when it, when it started. I've I just always been a Clippers fan. How did I get that way? It's, it's unconscious to me. It's natural to me to root for the Clippers. As much as they frustrate me, 50 years, haven't been out of the conference semi, uh, semi, semis in the playoffs, I still come back rooting for them. Why is that? I believe that practical example has spiritual implication, uh, uh, implications as it pertains to you being anchored. I can't remember when I started rooting for them, but I know I'm anchored as a fan to them, right? So before I leave McPherson, there are five areas, if you're going to be anchored in Christ, there's five areas that I believe you have to be anchored in. The first is you have to be anchored in your faith. The second, you have to be anchored in your faithfulness. The third, you have to be anchored in your fruitfulness. The fourth, you have to be anchored in your focus. And the five, and the fifth one, you have to be anchored in your fellowship, your relationships. Oh. Y'all don't want to miss the session I talk about relationships. Oh, it's going to get good. Yeah, it, it's, it's really going to get good because I believe that, that part of my anointing was to, was to deal with relationships. Yeah. Um, I actually was able to, um, uh, I have a friend, I, I, don't, I don't name drop, but there's a, there's a guy, there's a prominent preacher out there who just wrote a book on relationships. I'm going to say that. And I had a chance to go sit down with him and talk with him. And man, it, it, it was good. And I'm going I'm to I'm drop some of that uh, when I talk about being anchored in your fellowship. Relationships with, with individuals, people, romantic relationships, uh, relationship with family members, friends. It's going to get good, y'all. All right? But today I want to talk about being anchored in your faith. And there's a, there's, a, there's a particular passage in Jeremiah 18 that talks about the potter and the clay. All right? Jeremiah 18, I believe that it's better to have a long pencil than a short memory. So if you're a note taker, if you do things in your phone or whatever that case may be, uh, you may be watching from the live stream, wherever you are, uh, I believe that if you can make mental notes, fine, but I believe you should probably write some of this stuff down, because I believe if you engage, that's what we're doing, right? If you engage this, this process of the next few days, you'll come away with some principles and some nuggets that will help you throughout this year, all right? So in order for me to really hone in on the faith journey, I, I, I think I'm going to just use myself. Yeah, I think I'm going to just use myself. Because I, I have a sneaky suspicion many of you are, are I want to say like me, but kind of dealing with 
some of the things that I'm dealing with as it pertains to finding my faith and concretizing my faith here at Central. Yeah. Like I told you, I'm from L.A., born and raised. Now, I went to church growing up, but it wasn't my choice. I was volatile to go to church, all right? I was volatile to go to church, which means I was drugged to church. Yeah, I, no, no, yeah, I, I didn't choose, I didn't, I didn't want to go participate in church on my own. I was forced to. But I was that church kid that I went to church on Sunday morning, but on Monday through Friday, or rather Monday through Saturday, I was the one cussing, smoking weed, yeah, doing all that kind of stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. In church, Sunday morning, hands raised, eyes closed, loving, I, I could put on the front. I'm a church boy. I, I, this is me, man. I love God. Then on, come during the week, you know, dude come and say, hey, dudes around the block, they tripping. Let's go handle that. Cool, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. As I was, the, my saving grace, my saving grace happened, just happened to be basketball. In fact, Basketball really wasn't even my first, my first sport, my primary sport. I, um, my primary sport was track. Yeah, I was, I was a natural track athlete, natural track athlete, right? Um, I, I, I was good at it, and it was it's just something that, that just came, came natural to me, all right? I, did, I didn't really start playing organized basketball until I was probably, I believe I was like 14. So I was a late bloomer. But I realized that as long as I stayed playing basketball, I stayed out of trouble because I had to keep my grades up and things like that. And it was a point where my mother, she saw the path that I was going down, and she said, okay, I'm going to lose my son if I don't make a pivotal decision. Stop right there. Put a pin right there. My mom had the awareness to say, okay, I see something in my son that I don't like. I see something that could be detrimental to his future. So I need to make a decision to move him. Don't take that lightly. Don't be apathetic about that statement. Here's why. Because some of you, by the time this school year ends, you will have gone through some stuff that you're gonna have to sit back and say, you know what, if I don't make a decision, if I don't make a move, I'm going to leave the same way I came here at Central. And I, I think it's really, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Irresponsible to walk into and say, hey, Missy. Hey, that's my friend, y'all. Sorry, Missy Mays. Um, I think it's totally irresponsible to walk into a situation, to walk into a school, be here four years, and you leave the same way you came in. That's a waste of your time. You may say, well, I walked away with a degree. Okay. But you walked away as the same person. You walked away not changing anything. You walked away like with no, with no type of, of, of ingredients of how to, of how to I I inspire change because you didn't change yourself. Yeah. If you haven't learned anything about me so far, um, I'm, very, I'm a realist. I don't play games. I was, sitting, I was praying last night, and I said, okay, God, you got to give me um, exactly what to say. Give me, give, me, give me something 
for these students. And the thing I got is he said, be yourself. Be you. Talk to them from a perspective that you know exactly where they, where, what they're doing, going through because you sat right there in their seats. So you have a choice right now. You can look at me, hear me, and be like, all right, dude, that's cool. Whatever, I'm still be myself, I'm still do me. Or you can engage, you can lock in and say, okay, all right, all right. There's something, he's here for me. There's something, God, God, sent, God sent him here at this appointed time for him to drop something in my spirit. What is it? What is it do I need to gain in these next three days? So my mom decided to make a decision. She moved me. And long story short, I, I tried to get scholarships, I kid you not, at eight different schools. I went on 13 different visits. Central was never one of those previous visits, never. I didn't even know, only thing I knew about Kansas was Wizard of Oz. I didn't even, I didn't know if McPherson existed. I barely knew anything about Wichita. Yeah. But, but then I got, I got a, but, oh, by the way, none of, those, none of those schools took me. Went to the visits, never got called back from any one of them. Now, some, some of you may say, man, you may have just been sorry. No. I was, I felt I was pretty decent, right? But then, last minute, I was just going to say, I was going to go to a JUCO, run track. I didn't want to run track in college, but I said, I'm going to just go to a JUCO, run track, and see where that takes me. Last minute call, I got a call from the coach here at Central Christian College. He said, man, listen, uh, we got some game tape from, from you. Till this day, I still don't know how you got that game tape. It was, it was an all-star. I, I was in a city all-star game, and for some way, he got the tape. And he said, you know what, come, come take a visit. Took the visit on the spot. He said, okay, I'm going to give you a scholarship. If you, take, if you sign now, give you a scholarship, we'll register you, get you, get you all, get you all uh, uh, taken care of. I did. I didn't, I didn't have no other choices. I didn't want to run track. Come to Central. My only desire here at Central, my only desire here was to come here, get a degree, go back to LA. Period. Come here, get a degree, play a little basketball, go back to LA. When I got here, I got in, I, I, I don't know how many talks you guys don't know this, but Jerry Malone, Jerry Malone was with the Dean Seuss when I was here. I don't know how many talks I had to have with that man. I had people here who, because they liked me, kept protecting me. If I'm being honest, my freshman year, I, I should not have been able to come back after my freshman year. I had people covering me, covering me, faculty and staff, people who knew knew some of the stuff that I've done, covering me because they saw something in me. Came back my second year. Got into a relationship. That relationship broke my heart. As long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be 
a family man, a married man. So I, for the most part, I'm never, I've always kind of been, been, been more of that the gentleman type, never really used women or anything like that up until that point. Like, I was just like, no, I, I've always wanted to be married. I always wanted to have a wife. So when, I, when she broke my heart, I didn't know how to handle it. That was the first, heart, was the first real heartbreak I ever had. And the thing is, it, it wasn't really her fault. That's why I can't wait to get to relationships because we have, you, if a person decides that you're not the person for them, you shouldn't blame them for walking away. They, they, you guys are not married. They have every right to do that. At that time, I thought, she just broke my heart. Get into another relationship. My heart gets broken again. Because I, 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 I would give, my, give up myself, give up myself so much. Get into another relationship. My heart would get broken again. I can't wait till I start talking to you about Leah, Rachel and Leah, and the story of Jacob and Rachel and Leah, because I was Leah in the situation. Broke my heart again. So I said, I decided, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to start treating them how they treat me. Y'all ready for this? Y'all know I was going to be this real. I became a womanizer by the end of my sophomore year here at Central. Yep. Became a womanizer. Didn't care how I treated them. Didn't care if they got a call back. Ghosted them after I slept with them. Yeah. This may be too real for some of y'all, but some of y'all sitting there like, hey. <laughs> hey, my dude. <laughs> right? But game recognize game just like spirit recognize spirit. You can't, you, you, can't, you can't front to somebody who used to be a fronter. You can't look at me and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been there. That's why. But that's why the whole time I'm sitting up here talking, I'm looking at, I'm looking some of you dead in the eye. And y'all are, you like, dude, I think you're talking to me. Became a womanizer. Okay? When I figured out that wasn't fulfilling me, I got into pornography. I said, you know what? The women think they ain't, I got into pornography. I was, I was addicted to pornography for, I would say, about six years. In fact, it became so, it became so natural to me, I, I, I used to do it as if it was part of my day, it was, as, as, it, as it was like worked into my schedule. I had lost, I had lost that I was actually going to do, like I actually had to try to do it. It was just natural. So if I wasn't, if I wasn't abusing Women emotionally, I was abusing myself. Yeah. My faith journey. So I, I, I just said, okay, I, I'm going to... Se that wasn't fulfilling me. Sex wasn't fulfilling me. Women wasn't fulfilling me. Pornography wasn't fulfilling me. 
So I started drinking more. Yeah. Me, I, I, had, I, had done so, I had done something so stupid. So stupid, y'all. Dorf, we, <laughs> we had a thing within, within a small, very small group of friends who are all saved, by the way, now. A small group of friends where we, where we had, by, by our, our end of our sophomore year, we, we did something called I Don't Give a Heck Week. We just didn't call it heck. Where we said, okay, after finals, or after our, after, during finals week, we're going to do everything we can that this school does not represent. We drank, we smoked, we, we were promiscuous, we, we, we did it all. That whole week. I did it because I was broken. I did it because I didn't know how to handle rejection. And then I get to my junior year. And I break completely down. When I say I break completely down, alcohol wasn't doing it for me. Sex wasn't doing it for me. Women wasn't doing it for me. Doing my own thing wasn't doing it for me. Being a rebel, the central, part of the central rebel crew wasn't doing it for me. So I decided, you know what? There's no point in me even being here. Grades were falling. I became suicidal. I fell into such a deep depression, I became suicidal. In fact, only three people knew about it. My best friend, PA, Chris Smith, who I believe was the dean of, uh, direct, dean of students at the time, or director, uh, director of residence life, then he became a dean of students, Chris Smith, and then uh, the new coach. We had, we had just got a new coach in that year. Only three people knew about it. The only person I felt that I could really talk to at that time was Chris Smith. That's why when I talked to him, I, I, I almost tell him every time, I said, dude, you saved my life. I was so lost. So then I ended up going to a, a church service, a, 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 chapel, a chapel service, actually. And I don't know if he still comes to speak here. He used to come speak quite a bit. Andy Addis, Cross Point Church in Hutch. He was speaking, and, and everything he was saying, everything he was saying, I felt he was talking to me. Everything, literally everything he was saying. It was at that moment I said, I have to make a change. My mom couldn't do it for me no more because she wasn't here. I had to take it upon myself and say, it's time for me to grow up, be a man. It's time for me to find my faith. It's time for me to anchor myself in something that's bigger than me. And by the end, towards the end of my junior year, I, I accepted Christ, I got saved, and then I've been living for him ever since. Here, here's the point I'm trying to make. I told you to remember the scripture, Jeremiah 18. I was, we, we are the clay, right? And God is the potter. And if you know anything about pottery and how it works, the, the, the potter is forming the clay. And in that passage, Jeremiah 18, I encourage everybody to go read it. Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 10. It talks about 
how, how, how the potter, when, when the clay was marred, some, some translations say when, when, it wasn't, when it wasn't forming as it, as it should, the potter would crush it and start over again. Yeah, whenever, whenever if, if, you, if, you do, if, you, if you look at pottery, if you study pottery or if you go watch YouTube videos, whatever they have nowadays, when the wheel is spinning, if ever the potter feels that the clay is not forming how it should, he'll crush it and start over again. There's three things, three principles. As we start this engage, these engage days that I want you to get. In order to be anchored in your faith, we're talking about anchored faith today. In order to be anchored in your faith, the first thing you have to do is you have to eliminate excuses. But Lou, but Lou, you don't know, but Lou, it's hard. I, got, I can't get up and, and pray. I can't get up and I, I don't have time to read scripture. I, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got sports. I got athletics. I got, uh, I got study hall. I got eliminate. Don't make excuses. Make adjustments. Don't make excuses. Because the things that you love, the things that you, that you truly enjoy, you'll give time to. You make time for what you want. So the first thing you have to do to anchor your faith is eliminate the excuses. In that passage, the Bible says that Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house. Okay, and there he will give his word for him. Okay, okay, that's too fast for some people. Okay, God told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my word. Okay, I'm going to say it again. God told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my word. Okay, what, what was, what was the, the, the pivotal point of that? You won't get anything God has for you until you start being obedient first. You have to be obedient. What if Jeremiah made excuses? Well, I don't have time to go down there today. Can't you just give me your word right here? Can't you just, can't you just show me what my purpose is for my life here right now? No, because purpose requires you doing something. And when you find purpose, you find the answer to a problem. Because purpose is always the answer to a problem. So if you have purpose, there's a problem that you're supposed to solve before you leave earth. You don't believe me? The narrative of Adam and Eve. God said, okay, there's a problem here. There's Adam, but there's nobody for Adam. So when Eve shows up, Eve becomes purpose because she becomes the answer to Adam's problem. All right? Here's why your dominion is so important, why you can't make excuses. Because if you read the story of the narrative, I don't know where, some, many of you are on different spiritual journeys, some of you may not read the Bible, may I pick up a Bible, but I'll never assume that everybody knows what I'm talking about. So there's a story in the Bible, Adam and Eve, most people know it. If you matriculate through Sunday school 101, uh, if you've been in church any period of time, you know the story of Adam and Eve. All right? Then there's the serpent who tells 
Adam and Eve, you know, uh, it was God that says, I mean, don't eat from uh, the tree, uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, serpent comes along, says, okay, God didn't really say that. Okay, I'm going to give you the great value version. All right, God didn't really say that, and, and you can eat from the tree. It's no big deal. All right, so Eve eats first and gives it to Adam. Here's the problem that many of us have, is that our adversary, the enemy, the devil, can't take your dominion. All he can do is manipulate you and misusing yours. You have dominion. God has given you a life. You are not the owner of your life, but you are the CEO of it. So when the Bible says the steps of a good man in Psalms 37 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, which means if you're allowing God to order your steps, you're allowing him to order your life. And you have to be the CEO of your life. You have to make the proper decisions to get you to your proper purpose. The only way, the, the, the kickstart to that, you got to eliminate excuses. The second, the second principle to confrontizing your faith, to being anchored in your faith, is you have to embrace the process. Yeah, embrace the process. Um, in pottery, when the, when the potter continues to crush because it's not working out the way you're supposed to, um, that's a metaphor for God crushing us. Here's the interesting thing. Sometimes when God crushes us, it's not because we've been disobedient. I know that's it's a little, some people may say that's um, antithetical to what we teach about the gospel and grace and things like that. But sometimes when, when, we're, when we're being formed, it's not because, and we have to go through different things in our lives, it's not because we, we're, we're doing anything bad. There's some of you here who said, okay, I grew up in church, Lou. I did what my mama said. I, you know, I did what my mom and dad said. I went to church. I was involved in youth group. You know, I love being that social. I love being at the Christian environment. It's something that I'm here for, and I want, I want to engage it. I want to be a part of it. Can I tell you that even with all that, it's going to come a point in your life where God's still going to crush you? It's going to come a point in your life where you're going to go through something that your youth pastor that you grew up listening to can't fix, that your parents can't walk you through. Because there's some things about life, life has its own consequences. I'm about to have twins on the way. I'm, they're not even here and I have daddy anxiety already. I'm, 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 my, my wife, I'm getting on my wife's last nerve. For real. I'm saying, okay, have you drunk your water today? Okay, you're doing too much. Sit down. Uh, stop, no, no, don't, don't touch that. I'll cook it. No, no, sit, no. You're doing too much. Sit down. Because I, 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 I want her to be so healthy, so well, that we bring two beautiful, healthy babies in to this world. But heaven forbid, <laughs> what if I do all of that? We do all the right stuff? 
and something still happens? Do I give up on God? Do I say, God, I did everything you told me to do? A great story for you to go read is Job. A great book in the Bible. Read Job. Was a man, was a good man, lost his kids, lost his land. Because life has a way of crushing you that if you're not anchored in your faith, if you're not anchored in Christ, if you're not anchored in the things of the word of God, you can lose yourself. You can be just like me on the brink of depression, on the brink of suicide. And sometimes some people don't get back. I was lucky. No, I wasn't lucky. I had grace on my life. My bad. I had grace on my life. Here, here is one of the main. If you anything from this session, if you don't get anything else from this session, get this. Even though the potter kept crushing the clay and starting over and crushing the clay and starting over and crushing the clay and starting over. Here's the encouraging thing about that narrative. The potter never took his hands off the clay. Yeah, yeah, the potter never took his hands off the clay. Be encouraged that no matter whatever you're going through, during your process here at Central and life, whatever, no matter what you're going through, at least you're still in his hands. At least you're still in his hands. At least he's still forming you and making you. Things may not always be good. Sometimes your responses may be, okay, somebody asks you how you're doing. I'm not doing too good. Don't let it end there. Say, I'm not doing too good, but you know what? God is still good. How are you doing today? I'm not feeling well. There's a lot going on in my life. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But if there's anything that I know is that my faith is strong enough to keep me until I come out of this. I don't want to bounce around too much, but the story of the Hebrew boys, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the, the, the best thing about that story, the best thing about that story when they were thrown to a fiery furnace is that God did not keep them from the fire. He jumped in there with them. God does not, sometimes God does not keep you from going through stuff. You're going to go through a bad relationship. You're going to go through a hard time. But God is with you in the midst. Be encouraged by that. He's not leaving you. He's got you. So, to anchor your faith. One, what's the first one? I'm going to make y'all talk back to me. What's the first one? Mm-hmm. What's the first principle? Yeah, eliminate excuses. What's the first principle? What's the first principle? Okay, what's the second principle? There we go. Yeah, embrace the process. Embrace the process, all right? Eliminate excuses. 
embrace the process. There's something I want to, I want to give you. As I go into the third, the third principle. Um, the third principle I want you to get is you have to empty yourself. You have to empty yourself. Eliminate excuses, embrace the process, empty yourself. As we start these engaged days, I want you, do me a favor. Give yourself, give Elijah, or yeah, Elijah, give, give Mr. Walker, give everybody who put this, this thing together a chance. What do I mean by give us a chance? Empty yourself. For the next three days, empty yourself. Any pre, predisposed ideas, uh, preconceived notions that you've had about faith, some of you may be in a uh, crisis of faith, where you're, where you're struggling with if this Bible thing, if this Christian thing is actually what people say it is. Here's, here, here's the time, here's the thing, here's the moment, I'm going to say that, where you can, you can allow that to take shape. Empty, 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 empty every thought. If that's you, empty those thoughts. Come into these sessions with a pure heart, an open mind, to receive what God has for you. Because the moment you empty yourself, here's the thing. Whenever there's a void, it has to be filled. Sometimes, many, many people fill voids with the wrong things, the wrong ideology, the wrong principles. And then they live with these principles that create cycles in their life. That create these cycles in their life, right? So um, they create these cycles, and then... 10, 15 years later, they've been living by these cycles of their own ideology, their own thoughts, whatever it may be, until they have an epiphany, a faith moment, which is great, but now you have to recreate a cycle that you've had for 10, 15 years, and that's hard. That's hard. Because as much, I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't stop watching pornography cold turkey. When I gave my life to Christ, it, wasn't, it didn't just end. My flesh didn't get the memo. There were times where, where I didn't get it right, where I, I still indulged in it when I shouldn't have. It took me engaging in the process. It took me, it took me continuing, even when I messed up, continuing to go to the Word, continuing to pray, continuing to attend worship services. Until one day, I can't, until this moment, I can't tell you when I stopped. I just stopped doing it. I, don't, I have no desire to go back to it at all. I have, well, I'm married now, but before I was married, I had no desire to just, to, to just sleep around with women. I had no desire. It's like, it's like I had no desire to smoke weed anymore. I can't tell you when it stopped. Just going back to the Clipper day, I can't tell you when I became a clipper fed. I just from from this month. I just know I've always been one because I was anchored in something. I was anchored in it. 
I was relentless. The test of your character, and I'm going to talk to some, some of the bros in here. Yeah. I, do, I, I used to do prison ministry in Wichita before I left. And I would walk in there, and they'll be all manly, because I would do these classes, these manhood and growth classes. And they when they walk in there, you know, dudes, like, like they, just, they just had it all together. Like, you know what, well, you can't you can be able to tell me nothing. It was a six-week course. Within those six weeks, me and the person that was doing the class, they were crying. They were, they, 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 they were I mean, I'm talking about boo-hoo crying, opening up. These two came in hard. Here's why. Because when you empty yourself, I told them, I, if you make me this promise and promise to empty yourself, I'm telling you, we'll be able to get to the root of the issue of why you got here in the first place. If you, if you empty yourself, God will begin to fill it up with the right things. And here's, here's the best news. Living for Christ is dope. It is. I'm telling you, it's dope. I, ha I have no problem walking around with this shirt on. No problem. So as I end here, three things. Eliminate the excuses. All right? Embrace the process. And please, please, do yourself a favor these next few days. Empty yourself. Empty yourself. Come in here with a heart ready to receive. Listen, you don't want to miss. Listen, I believe God has given me some, some stuff. I'm not your conventional preacher. I can't be real practical. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff. All right? So tonight at the session, try to sign up. We're going to talk about um, being anchored in your fruitfulness. What does that look like? What does that look like? All right? Um, I appreciate you for coming. You know, for those who stayed awake, you know. <laughs> but listen, I love you. I love this school. Uh, I'm going to just pray, pray us out real quick. God, we thank you for, we thank you for this time. God, I ask that you begin to work and move in this student body. I ask that even right now, God, you lift apathy. You lift, you lift ignorance. You lift anything that's going to hinder you penetrating the hearts of these students. We ask that as you're the potter of our life, you begin to mold us and continue to mold us and shape us to what you have us to be. Let us truly engage in these next few days. We love you. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.